Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You're on Phoenix Nation here on SENZ with Ricardo Ball. Coming up, Phoenix players Clayton Lewis, Emma Rolston will have Nikki O'Connor for our fan challenge and Tracy from the Wellington Phoenix fan group, Yellow Fever as well. Let's get into it. S-E-N-Z. This is Phoenix Nation, thanks to Oppo, and uh, taking on Adelaide this weekend. It's a doubleheader, of course, for both the men and the women, and uh, a member of the men's team who, I must say, I was a little bit worried about at the end of the last game, uh, is Clayton Lewis. He joins us, mate. How's the head? Yes, nah, not too bad. Uh, yeah, fell a little bit awkward, but no, nah, I'm all good. Do you reckon if you'd still had the cornrows in it, it might have given you some more protection? Oh, I'm not too sure about that, but uh, at least my hair feels a little bit uh, less pulley now, so it's, uh, no, I'm, happy, I'm happy with how it's going. Oh, that's good, mate. That's good. The, the, the bonter's looking good then. That's all right. You can resume the modelling career. <laughs> uh, mate, you, how, how have you found uh, having the break? Um it's it seems it seems weird from a fan point of view, getting the season up and running, and we get a bit of a you know sort of a bit of momentum. It felt like, and then all of a sudden, there's a break. How did you find the break and the first game back from it? Yeah, yeah, it is a weird one. I mean, uh, I think we had a good performance against Macarthur, and then a good first half against Western, and I think yeah, it didn't help that our second half in that game uh, yeah really wasn't great and I think we, we copped it that uh, next week um, from the boss which is uh, fair enough but, um, yeah it's a weird one having a having a break but uh, we trained all the way through and you know we did, we didn't feel like we missed out on too much so uh, yeah hopefully this week we can you know get that three points. I did ask um, Ufuk at the time whether or not that meant there was going to be shuttle runs up Mountain Vic after the MacArthur loss but he just laughed that yeah. off did it happen? Uh, not up the hill, but uh, there's definitely some running involved, that's for sure. <laughs> I bet, mate, I bet. Um, what about uh, West Sydney, mate? It was it was a bit, uh, I understand why it was done, right? You know, because Wollongong was a base for the Phoenix during COVID and was paying back some of the Wollongong fans that got on board and joined the Yellow Fever, as it were. Uh, but how did it feel having a home game back over there? Yeah, obviously, now that we're back at Sky Stadium, uh, it would be nice to play all the home games there, but... I think, uh, you know, as a player that played over there, um, good that we can go back and, you know, show our appreciation. They did a lot for us um, my first year. So, um, yeah, to be able to kind of say thanks um, and, you know, put in, I think, a a good performance on a very average pitch. Um, But, uh, yeah, I think it's a a good way to say thanks to the Wollongong uh, fans and and whatnot. Um, But now hopefully we can... uh, be back at home at Star Stadium for the for the future. Yeah, fingers crossed, eh? Uh, I mean, there wasn't a great. It didn't look great that pitch on on TV. Um, how was it to play on? I mean, did the ball run true? I mean, you know, we want to see the Patoni Perlo be able to do his best. We want a carpet for you, mate. Yeah, uh, look, it wasn't the best pitch, but you know, at the end of the day, it's the same for both teams. Um, I think probably going a bit longer uh, suited them a little bit more, but I think you know we we always do 
quite well to get get a lead and you know at the moment we just can't seem to uh you know hold that lead so it's something we've been working on and training um and hopefully you know come this week and we can uh do that as well yeah, it was it was an interesting game, wasn't it? And and I mean, they did get back into it. They're always a physical side, you know. Mark Rudan, you know what he's like as a coach. He's always always fires his team up. But um, you know, the thing that most impressed me uh, about the opposition last week was uh, Lawrence Thomas and Gold. Mate, that save that he made, he came out of nowhere off the floor. I think it was a double save, and he got the uh, got the left hand up to to knock that ball away. And there was a bit of a scrum in the uh, in, in the penalty area. Uh, that was superb. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's been brought back for those types of reasons. I think, yeah, he's a quality keeper and, um, you know, he's definitely, you know, saved them a few times already this season. So, um, you know, hopefully when we play them again, we can get, uh, you know, one over him next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, It looked like maybe, even though it was a Phoenix home game, there were more West Sydney Wanderers fans there. I saw some guys uh, pretty much right on the touchline giving giving somebody stick. I wasn't sure who it was, but uh, how did you find the crowd? Yeah, no, they've got a you know good bunch of travelling fans. Um, I think they they got their core group as well that kind of travel everywhere. Um, and I guess it's not too far for them to travel down to Wollongong. So I think we knew that they would have had uh, quite a few fans there. Um, you know, but we could still you know hear our fans you know in the corner as well. So it was, uh, it was a nice nice touch. Yeah, nice touch indeed, mate. Nice touch indeed. Who, who do you reckon's got the uh, the best worst fans to play against? I mean, when you when you play away, who are the ones that give you the most grief? Do you reckon? Oh, it varies. To be honest, uh, you know, I love our fans. I think we're we've got the best fans. Um, and in terms of opposition fans, I don't really focus on it too much. I quite like uh, stadiums a little bit more. I love playing at Adelaide Stadium. I think it's a nice, you know compact stadium, um, you know, where it looks like it's always, you know, full. Um, so that's always nice to play. But in terms of fans, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too, don't listen into too much to what they say because, uh, yeah, it's never nice things, that's for sure. <laughs> Generally not, mate. Generally not. Um, how have you managed to handle um, the training through the break and the early mornings and, and late nights of watching the World Cup games? Yeah, uh, well, but we're pretty much in um, almost every day, bar maybe one of the weekend days. And, you know, the 8 o'clock kickoffs are quite good uh, for us. I think we're normally in for 9.15, so a lot of the boys actually get in at 8 o'clock just to, to watch it. And then, you know, half time comes around and we can kind of start our prehab. So it's uh, actually been quite good timing. Um, but I tell you what, only one more game left, and I'm quite glad about that. I can get a little bit of a sleep in. <laughs> Mate, and what a final it'll be, too. Eh? Argentina versus uh, France. There's a lot of lot of stories yeah. here, but surely the fairy tale and Messi winning the World Cup has got to be the one most people want to see. Yeah, I hope so. I think he's been you know, one of the best players in the world for the last two decades. So it's, uh, yeah, definitely something I want to see. I think, uh, you know, they've got a very good opportunity. Um, I think you saw in the in the last game they played that you know when they turn it on they're they're unstoppable. So you know it's going to be a good game and you know I can't wait to watch. But it's going to be a great game. It's a four o'clocker though. Ooh. Yeah, that that that's be niggly, but I think I think we're actually off on that day, so it's, uh, you know I'll be watching for sure. Oh mate, no, it'll be great. Uh, I mean, uh, the French 
um, have got some great players, obviously. They've also got a lot of great players who aren't there because of injuries and things. But I watched them today against Morocco, and after watching the Argentinian semi-final, I've got Argentina as favourites. They just look more up for it. They play at a higher tempo. Um, you know, the French at times almost play walking pace. What do you reckon? Yeah, well, it's hard to tell. I mean, um, you know, Morocco actually a tough team to play against, I think. You know, a lot of people underestimate them. Um, you know, maybe they don't have the biggest names, but, uh, you know, they defend very well. And I think just on a couple of occasions today, they got a little bit caught out. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a very good game. I think uh, Argentina got players that can uh, hurt the French, but the French as well, you could play two different teams and they'll be able to compete at their World Cup. So, it's... Uh, yeah, it's going to be a, one hell of a watch. Yeah, it will be, mate. I think uh, Rabio might make a bit of a difference. Eh? He, he couldn't play today, but I, uh, and I think you noticed that in the midfield. Yep, no, for sure. I think, you know, he's, he was one of the standouts in the group stage, definitely. Um, but, you know, yeah, you even see the second goal with Mbappe and how quick he can move the ball and, you know, get away from players. I think there are four or five around him and he still manages, you know, to get a shot off by the deflection, but... You know, he still managed to create that chance, and I think, yeah, he's definitely someone that can turn the game on its head for sure. Tell you, the interesting thing that's come out of this is uh, the Australians lost to two teams at the World Cup, and they're both playing each other in the final. I mean, how, how good is that from, a, from a, a football point of view for this part of the world and for the A-League? Yeah, it's huge. I think, uh, you know, I think New Zealand and Australia, they always knew that they could compete. They uh, just don't really get the opportunity too much, so it's... Uh, Good to see Aussie do so well, um, you know, and hopefully uh, come next World Cup, New Zealand will be there too. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate, and uh, you'll be front and centre? Hopefully, that's the plan. That's the plan, mate, that's the plan. Hey, I mean, you've you've watched this World Cup, you, you, we've talked about it, I mean, outside of the, the unattainable names, you know, the Messis, the Ronaldos, the, the Modric's, I mean, if there was a player that's that's put their head up at this tournament that you could you know, have a word to Domi and uh, get on the payroll at the Knicks uh, and drop into our team, who would it be? I tell you what, there's uh, not many that will come for the money we were offer, but, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know, there's, there's been quality players. I think, um, you know, I've always looked up to, you know, midfielders and whatnot, but I think even um, Bufal from Morocco, I think he's been unbelievable. I think even Ziyech from Morocco as well. Um, no, but as a six, I think uh, we've been speaking, um, you know, the club and people to watch and stuff. And I know that some of the staff have put us uh, with their Amrabat as well from Morocco. So I think definitely a couple of those players have gone under the radar for sure. Yeah, Amrabat, man. I think, he, where's he playing at Fiorentina or somewhere in Italy? I, re- I reckon he won't be yeah. there much longer, mate. Yeah, no, I highly doubt it. I mean, World Cups can get big moves, so, you know, hopefully for him, he, he can get that one. Yeah, fingers crossed, mate. Um, well, let's talk a bit about Adelaide. Uh, what do you what do you make of them this weekend? I know that they remind me in a lot of ways of the Phoenix. They don't go out and buy the big flashy names that the Sydney FCs and the Melbourne Cities do, but they the team is always more than the sum of the parts, if you like, and they are a team. Uh, how do you guys uh, see this challenge? Yeah, it's going to be tough. Um, you know, I think in the in the first game, you know, we went down to 10 men pretty early on and I think we did well to stay in the game. Uh, we got the lead and then conceded late. Um, <laughs> shock horror, but um, yeah, you know, they're a team that's, you know, based off a lot of, you know, teamwork and hard work and, you know, hopefully we can match them early on and then, uh, you know, take our chances when we get them. I think uh, it's going to come down to only a couple of chances for sure.
Yeah, it's, it's going to be tight. I mean, because before um, Sus uh, got uh, sent off in that first game, and we, we were dominating them. We were well on top of them, weren't we? Yeah, I think so as well. Um, you know, and hopefully, you know, now that, you know, hopefully Young gets down on his feet and not slip over a bit too much, I think he's definitely got studs now. Um, but, uh, no, nah, he's definitely uh, coming into his own a bit. And, um, you know, the, the foreigners are definitely, you know, finding their feet um, for sure. So, um, yeah, no, it's going to be a good game. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, hopefully goes our way. I think we're going to, you know, put our best foot forward. I know uh, Offie's got a, a game plan that we'll follow and uh, hopefully gets us that win. I mean, one of the best Australian players in the league is Craig Goodwin. Of course, he stood out for the Socceroos. Uh, I'm not sure about his availability first game back or if they're giving him an extended break. But, I mean, if he does play, um, whoever's playing right back for us has got a job on their hands. How do you? How have you talked about handling that? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, Craig's a, yeah, he's a very good player. Um, but in terms of... You know, us, we kind of focus on what, what we can do with the ball. Um, I don't really focus on individuals as such. I think we're, as a collective, we need to defend together. Um, and knowing that whoever plays right back, you know, we've got that cover from the centre back or the six coming across. Um, I don't think we ever kind of defend 1v1. So it's, uh, it's something I think we can, we can deal with. And, um, you know, It'll be it'll be a nice uh, nice one if uh, you know he, he isn't available. That's for sure. Yeah, that d- definitely help. Definitely help, mate. Um, uh, before I let you go, Clayton, uh, I, I looked you up. I did the old uh, Wikipedia Google just because you know I'll just go. Oh, is there anything being added to to Clayton's page? And it and it popped up and it pa- popped up with another Clayton Lewis, uh, who was a, a famous <laughs> furniture designer from the United States. Um, which I'd, I'd never heard of him, to be honest. I'm not much of a furniture aficionado, but I did want to ask you what your favourite piece of furniture is. Are you an armchair man, a couch man? A, do you like a good dining table? What's your favourite piece of furniture? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a great question. I think I'm a, I'm a good sofa man. Um, and I like to you know sit, sit and watch a lot of TV series, so uh, def- definitely a, a sofa um, kind of guy. Probably... A bit like a lazy boy, I love getting my feet up. Um, that that would probably be the one. Yeah, you need to get one of those massage chairs, mate, so you can just sit it and get treatment while you're watching. Oh, hey, well, if you want to buy me that, I'm happy. <laughs> I bet, mate. Hey, you talk, you're talking about TV series. What are you watching at the moment, mate? Have you got a recommendation? Oh, to be fair, I've just finished a lot. Um, I, I love the Manifest and... Uh, the Line of Duty, I think, is uh, up there with one of the one of the good ones. I think everyone's on the Game of Thrones and and whatnot. Um, but definitely those those English kind of crime drama, police kind of ones are probably more me for sure. Yeah, cool man, cool. There's, there's actually there's one coming. Uh, I think it's out now called 1899 about a cruise liner from the from around that time, which looks pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, you know, Narelle, my girlfriend, watched it and. I think she's a bit confused with some of it, and I think uh, you know I have to uh, definitely sit down and you know it's not something you can just watch in the background. So yeah, I have to definitely watch and pan in on that one. Yeah, yeah, indeed, mate. Tune into that one. All right, Clayton. Hey, listen, I know you're about to get to training. Really appreciate your time, mate. Uh, go well, and um, I look forward to seeing a W on the board for the Phoenix this weekend, eh? Perfect. Let's hope so. Thank you very much.
This is SENZ, it is Phoenix Nation, thanks to Oppo, and joining us from the Phoenix women's team who play in the A-League uh, course nowadays, uh, it is Emma Ralston. G'day Emma, how are you? I'm good, thanks, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks mate. Good. How are you settling back into into New Zealand after, what was it, five years away where you were, you were pretty much playing overseas the whole time? Yeah, um, it's interesting being back in New Zealand. It kind of feels a little bit odd that I've got so much time here um but it's really nice to be around friends and family and with my um boyfriend as well so it's nice to have that access instead of having to speak on the phone or do a facetime or something like that it's so much nicer to be able to see them in person and it's nice to be back in my hometown where i grew up as well so yeah i'm feeling well and i love summer so i'm excited for the weather (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, exactly well you got liquid sunshine at the moment but hopefully it improves soon yeah yeah, you're how much of a pull for you to come home now, uh, you know, the season leading into the World Cup was it, you know, so that you could be here for when the World Cup was and maybe you get more eyes on you? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a benefit of being at home and being able to see, like, be seen by Yetka as she's an orphan and she makes the rounds and sees the games and everything like that. So being under the watch of coaches who maybe have an influence on World Cup and me being here and able to play on the grounds and being the climate and everything like that, I think really does help me in terms of preparing for the World Cup and having the support around me as well, where I can access um, anything that I need. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been really amazing. I guess being back here and having that opportunity to be able to play for the Phoenix and be at home for once, um, and then obviously with the World Cup in probably like nine months, I think it is. It's coming up so quickly and. I think being able to prepare the best I can, and this was like one of the ways to do that. Yeah, and how is the body at the moment? Of course, you had a—I think it was a back problem in the in the uh, Korean series for the Ferns. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's healing. It's definitely improving every day. I've still got a bad back, and we're working on that, um, kind of in conjunction with the Ferns and the Phoenix. So um, the plan remains the same. Whether um, I'm with the Phoenix, or I'm with the Ferns at the time, um, and I think that's important to have a continuous plan. Uh, so, yeah, we're, we're working on it, and I'm able to play this weekend, so that's great. And I'm hoping just to like, build back my fitness and strength and get back into the gym, do my rehab, and get back playing. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely improving every day. It's just slow improvement. How was the debut against Canberra? It was an interesting one. I think it was uh, bittersweet. So it was amazing to be able to make my de- debut and play for the Phoenix. But at the same time, it was... Um, a bit gathering, losing the way we did. Um, I think the team has so much potential and we haven't utilised that yet, so I'm hoping in the games to come that we can do so. Um, but yeah, definitely a bit of food to make. No idea. Yeah, I mean, you, I know you've only had the one game so far here, but um, how have you found the level of the Liberty A-League versus, say, where you were being playing previously in Norway and Germany? Yeah, I definitely think that there is a difference in level. I mean, when you're playing in Germany in the Bundesliga, it's one of the best leagues in the world, and you've got top players there. Um, and Germany themselves, their country does so well in World Cups and Olympics and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, even in Norway, Norway's one of the top leagues in Europe as well. So I think you can see some differences just in experience um, and the level required to play, I think, at such a high level continuously. Um, A-League's still being great, and I think it's a great way and a great stepping stone for athletes coming through um, and a way to get into the professional scene and everything like that. So 
I mean, the league was still great, and I'm excited to be playing in it. So, yeah, I mean, it's just it is different to European leagues for sure. You have had a taste of um, of what was then the W League, haven't you? Because you did. Uh, did you play a couple of games for Sydney FC before you went to Europe? Yeah, yeah, long time ago. I think I was nineteen or twenty. Um, moved over to Aussie and yeah, played for Sydney FC for a bit. Um, back then, like the Matildas were required to play in the um, W League. Well, that's what it was called back then, and so. The like trainings were always so high standard. We had a couple of US internationals in our team as well, so the the quality of trainings and games and everything were like incredibly high back then. Um, now it's a little bit different in terms of like the Matildas don't have to play in the in the W League anymore. They can go and play in Europe and America and everything like that and have different seasons. So, do you think it was actually stronger back then in like 2017, 2018 than it is now overall the league? Yeah, I, I do think it was stronger back then, but that was just due to like the requirements at the time and internationals coming over. It's hard with the um, league date because it only coincides with the American NWSL. So a lot of the players would play a league in the NWSL and then they would come over and play a league as their off-season. Um, so now it's a bit different and uh, I think the A-League is trying to become its own league and standalone kind of thing. So I think it's kind of some players aren't able to have those two seasons anymore. Um, so it's just more so local players or um, there are still some internationals that come over as well and play in it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of uh, the Phoenix and the setup with with Nat and Callum and, and crew, how have you found it? Um, obviously a lot of young players, but I suppose a couple mm-hmm. of familiar faces in Paige and Betsy as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the facilities here are incredible and definitely probably the best facilities I've been in in my professional career, including Germany and Norway and stuff. Um, they're just top tier here. It's incredible and the support we have is amazing. I think Nat and Callum and Maya um, have done an amazing job in terms of getting this group going and playing and we had a great pre-season and I think it's just, um, yeah, gelling and getting to know each other as players on the field and off the field and kind of getting that cohesion. Um, within the team um, just so that we can get some results going and, you know, continue to progress and, and actually win some games because I think our team is genuinely capable of creating those results and I think in order for us to get, like, more support and everything like that and show them what we're capable of, we need to produce those those results and we definitely we definitely can do it. It's just about finding ways that work for our team, I think. Yeah, I mean, I looked at, I watched this team a lot last season, and you know, on paper at least, the team's a lot stronger this season. You know, a lot more experienced yeah. players in it. Um, how yeah. far away from a win do you think you are, and what have you found to be the challenges? Yeah, I mean, that's difficult. I think, I think even coming home this weekend, we potentially win this game. Um, I think having the support is really important for us. I know that in the first game. Um, unfortunately, I was unable to play, but I know that there was this feeling throughout the team that anything was possible, and the first half was great, and then it dropped off in the second half, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, I think we are getting close to that. We've had a number of injuries throughout the team, and especially to a lot of starting players, so I think that also makes it difficult, but there's no excuses, so everyone should be able to come in and stand up. Um, but, yeah, I think we're, we're close to producing a result, and I would hope that we can do it this weekend, I think personally that you can beat any team on the day. It just depends who turns up. Mm. Um, so 
So I am looking forward to us actually getting into the season, winning some games and seeing what that can do for us in terms of confidence. Um, in terms of challenges, it's, yeah, again, it's difficult. I think um, just people not knowing one another as players or as people properly um, could potentially be dictating some of that and just having some negativity. But, I mean, most of it's been positive within the team. It's just trying to, um, I guess, find our feet a little bit. And it is, we have got some experienced players, but we've also got um, girls who've come in and this is their first season at a professional level. So it's just, I think it's a learning curve for everyone in trying to pass that experience on and make better decisions on the field and off the field. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you mentioned injured players, injured starters. Probably of those, the most important is Lily Elfeld. You know, I mean, she was captain last year and your number one keeper. Uh, How far away do you think she is from being back on the the pitch? Uh, We're hoping for her to be back uh, start of January, I think. Um, So, yeah, I think that would be really positive to have her, especially as a captain. I think that's really important to have that voice within the team and um, that familiarity and everything like that. I know that other people have stepped up and they've done a great job as well. Um, but yeah, it's nothing like having your captain there and leading the team from the front. And I think a lot of the girls um, bond and hang on to that. So yeah, I think it's going to be really important when she comes back in and we've got everyone playing again. And I think that will be that will benefit us a lot. Mm. Uh, what about yourself in terms of your position? Uh, I, I've seen you play across the front three. Um, at, at mm. different times, so you've also played in midfield. Where do you prefer to play? Where do you think your best position is? I definitely think my best position is as a ten or a nine. Definitely central. Um, I think like to get the best out of me, that's where I'm best. I'm best with the ball at my feet and being able to set players up or shoot or um, do anything like that. And I think I can affect the game more in the central. Um, but again, yeah, I just have to do what the coaches want need to do so yeah yeah well I mean I suppose yeah big shoes to fill in terms of Grace Jale both uh, figuratively uh, as well as actually because uh, she she sort of led the line as the nine last year uh, it was yeah. interesting that she yeah. decided to go to Canberra how, how was that that meeting yeah I think it was fine I mean I think she signed early on and then kind of had double thoughts about coming back to the Phoenix and stuff and I think at the time, she thought it was the best thing for her to do. And I think it's important in football that you do the best thing for you at the time. And, I mean, the girls have received it well and everybody's still friends and friendly and everything like that. And it was it was great to play her on the weekend. But just hopefully we can turn up next time and uh, make it the other way and win the game. Yeah, 100%, man, 100%. Well, look, yeah. look Emma, uh, I hope the back's feeling good. I hope, hope you get to start on the weekend and we get uh, a W on the board against Adelaide, eh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're on SENZ. This is Phoenix Station. It is time for our Phoenix Fan Challenge and introducing our Phoenix fan this week. It is Nikki O'Connor. How are you, Nikki? Good, thank you. And you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good, thanks, mate. Uh, when when did you start following the Knicks? Uh, 2007. Right from day dot? Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, just a few games in. I started um, going with my footy team, actually. The good old uh, team from Brooklyn Northern United. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, those days were great. I went down for the very first game against Melbourne Victory when, you know, Daniel hit the crossbar with that penalty. You remember that? And, you know, all of that stuff. Have you got a have you got a favorite memory from going and watch the team at the Caketon? Several, but uh it's gotta be it's gotta be those finals that we had. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We were all packed out and yeah, bloody loved it. 
Yeah, we had about what thirty thousand, I think, for that game against was it Newcastle when we beat Newcastle on pens. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, also Perth. Perth yes. as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quality, quality. Oh. It's always good to beat Perth. Always good in the distance derby. Yeah, as uh, dear old uh, Russell used to you, had dubbed it. Uh, uh, what about a player? Is there a player of you? You know that you kind of think when you think Phoenix, you think that player is your a favorite player of yours. Yeah, there's only one for me. Well, there's and, a couple, but one. At yeah, Siggy, uh, Siggy <sighs> the Sea yeah. Monster, mate. Yeah. I tell you, Robbie Cruz's face has never been the same. <laughs> Lots of people's legs and uh, body parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no yeah. quality, mate. He, he he liked to put it about, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's bloody good. And I also Jura, got a lot of respect for Jura. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a great, great player, great man, Jura, good leader too. All right, well, we've got a, a pair of these um, Oppo headphones, earphones that could be yours, mate. Uh, what we what we do is we do it's like a penalty shootout. So you got five penalties, five questions. If you get three of them. Then they're yours. If not, they will no no joy. But uh, before we do that, I, I just wanted to touch base on how you follow the Phoenix now because you're not in New Zealand, are you? Where are you? Uh, I'm in Dubai. Obviously, I follow on social media, and also we can watch it here. Friday, I could get the the game on the Keep It Up website, but then not the next day. So sometimes I can watch it on my on my laptop or or, or on the TV. Yeah. But I can watch it every week, which is good. Cool. And when do you reckon you'll be next back in the uh, in the cake tin to watch a game? Uh, won't be this season. So yep. probably next season, I think. Nikki, are you ready for your five questions? Uh, <laughs> I'll give it a go. A little all bit right. rusty. Okay, well, here we go. Right. The Phoenix men's team drew one all with which team last weekend? Oh, last weekend. Mm. Oh, should I watch that game? How can I forget? Is this a joke to me? Oh no! I watched it, and I was yelling, screaming. <laughs> oh, hang on! Western Sydney, of course. Yes, Western Sydney. Well <gasps> done. Converts one. Converts one from the spot. <laughs> I'm actually a keeper, so I prefer to save them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, don't do the old uh, Renee Higuita and come up and take one from time to time. Never. No, okay. All right. Here's question two for you. Which former Phoenix player is at Canberra and United this season? This is the women's side of things. Yeah. Jace, uh, Jace, Grace Jarley. <laughs> yes, well done. Yeah. Good old Jace, Jace Grayley. Grace Jarley. Yeah, no, 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 but you were doing the JC. I knew where you were going. I knew where you were going. <laughs> well done. It's early for me. <laughs> All right, here you go. So you are two from two so far. Well done. You only need to get one of these last three right, and uh, and we'll send you a set of these um, WC Enco 11 earphones um, from Oppo. Which former Phoenix striker made 35 appearances and scored nine goals for Adelaide United? The next striker. Uh, oh, before. Oh, is that before he was at the Knicks? Yes, it was before he was at the Knicks. Uh, big guy. No, hang on. Um, Phoenix striker. Adelaide United. How many did he score for the Knicks? Uh, we. I don't know. He's just. He scored nine for Adelaide in thirty-five appearances. Is it D- Dylan McAllister? No. Oh shit! What's Unlucky. It was uh, Nathan Burns. Oh gosh, I didn't. Oh, 
I only remember him from Newcastle. Yeah, no, he started at Adelaide. That's where he started, the 2006-2007 uh, season. Yeah, so the first uh, first two seasons he was there. All right, so you're two from three. You still just need one more. Which Phoenix player made their debut for the club against Canberra and United last weekend? Oh, I've forgotten the name. Completely forgotten. No. No, blanked it. Blazed yeah. one over. Emma Ralston. Yeah, okay. I should have known that. All right. Okay, here all we right. go. It's all down to this last kick. Oh. It's, 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 it's like the Qatar World Cup. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, all or nothing on this one, Nikki. Two players tied for top scorer of the men's team last season. Who? Oh, two players tied for the Oh, God. I've forgotten who's in the men's team. <laughs> ben Wayne? That's one of them. Oh, who's that? Who was? Oh, now I'm panicking. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I'm going to kick myself, aren't I? How much time have I got? <laughs> oh, I go? I'll, give you, I'll give you a countdown of five seconds. Okay. Um, five. Yeah, okay. Four. Three. Two. Was he a midfielder? No. One. Give us an answer. Give us a name. Um, it's blanked it. Blanked it. She's she's knocked the she's the keeper the wrong way and then put it over the bar. Unlucky, <laughs> Nikki. Unlucky. It was That's Josh Satorio. Right. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. eight goals each. Ben Wayne and Josh Satorio got. Well, you got two from three. You started strongly and you faded. The yeah. pressure got to you. Yeah, never mind. It was all fun. It was all fun. Thanks for taking the time yeah. out to do it for us. All the way from Dubai. Yep. Thank you. And. Ma uh, it costs too much to send those things here anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> much appreciated, Seriously. Nikki. Well, we've heard the yellow fever. We've heard what they've said, the statement that they released earlier today. Joining us now from the yellow fever representative is Tracy. G'day, Tracy. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, good. Listen, thanks for coming on. Um, we've, I've read the statement. I totally get it. I've read a lot of statements from a lot of the fan bases over in Australia. Uh Firstly, though, can you give us, from your point of view, from a yellow fever point of view, why this is wrong and uh, what the APL have done and why fans are so upset about it? Yeah, I think as a fan of a team, you always want that opportunity to host a grand final um, in your home stadium, and that's being taken away. Um, I think that the... The statement that came out from the APL and, and some of the messaging that's come from them since has been focused around, oh, this is great for the fans and um, that sort of thing. But the reality of it is that it seems to be more of a cash grab. Um, and I, so from a personal point of view, I think if that's the case, then state it as such. Don't um, trick us into thinking that you're doing it for us when we all know that it doesn't make sense. Um, the grand final, obviously... You don't know who's going to be making it till a week before. Um, for us here and for our friends in Perth, probably have the biggest impact. Trying to buy flights to Sydney uh, with a week to spare is quite expensive. Um, so it just this doesn't really work for us. No, it doesn't work. And I looked back, actually, I did a bit of homework. Do uh, you know there have been three All-New South Wales Grand Finals ever? And um, there have been four Grand Finals that have had no teams from New South Wales in them at all, including last year. I mean, if we get a repeat of last year, you know, Melbourne City versus Welling, uh, Western United, um, who's going to be in the stadium? It's, you'd be able to rattle around there pretty quickly, I'd imagine. Yeah, 
yeah, friends and family, I think, and that's it. Um, I, there, there's a, along that line, there's been talk of um, getting, you know, fans will just come anyway. There's no chance you're going to get Sydney supporters going to a grand final between two Melbourne teams just because it's being hosted in New South Wales. Like, the thinking behind that just seems outrageous. Um, you might get some casual football punters along, but you're not going to get anyone who really is engaged in the game from a Sydney perspective, whether that be Western Sydney, MacArthur or Sydney FC, are not going to be wanting to go to those games. No, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I, that sounds like somebody who's watched a lot of rugby league because that's what the NRL do, right? People just buy their tickets to the grand final in advance, hope for the best, but if not, it's a day out. But football's different. It, it, it's uh, a different culture and it doesn't work the same way. I mean, they could be in for an embarrassing situation where they have, you know, let's say it's Western United, Melbourne City again, and you've got 5,000 people in a 50,000-seat stadium. Yeah, it's not a good look, and it's not going to grow the game because people will see an empty stadium and not be inspired to go because why would you go and spend all this money if there's no one there and there's no atmosphere created? Um yeah, 100%. I mean, the um, APL have uh, made this decision. Apparently the deal was signed before the World Cup and then they had to announce it post all the Socceroos' success. Um, they've had an emergency meeting the other day. Apparently there's another emergency meeting today. I don't know what that's about or how they're going to face that. But what would you say to the APL and what would you say to Rob Morrison, the owner of the Phoenix? Because I understand he hasn't spoken. I think they just need to consider the fans and think about the impact that it has on us. Um, I mean, we, the, the owners of, the, of clubs and obviously put a lot of money into their um, product, but they're doing it for a group of people and they, we haven't been considered in this instance. Um, so I just think it really needs to be um, I'm considered again. But the deal's done now. That's not going to change. Um, I think we can all sort of accept that to a degree, but something needs to be done going forward to make sure that fans are actually consulted properly um, before decisions like this are made. Yeah, 100%. Lack of consultation with players, with some clubs it seems, and with some fans. Uh, Tracy, the 20-minute walk out of the Yellow Fever Zone, go and sit away from the cameras, Um, is that something that you'll continue to do round in, round out, uh, or is there other plans? Uh, look, we haven't talked about it further than this weekend. Um, we have a little bit of a respite, I think, with, over Christmas. Um, I don't think we play again at home until the 2nd of Jan, so we've got a little bit of time to consider it. Um, I think we'll take a little bit of a stare from what other groups around um, the league are doing as well. Um, one of the key reasons that we wanted to support this, um, aside from the obvious being outraged, um, is that we had a lot of support from other fan groups when we were going through our save the next period. Um, so it's only right for us to support the other fan groups in this protest as well. Um, so we'll see what happens on Saturday and then probably reconvene and decide what happens going forward. All right, Tracy. Hey, listen, thanks for giving us some time, mate. Really appreciate it. Uh, enjoy the match as much as you possibly can on the weekend and hopefully we can get <laughs> some resolution for the fans. Cool. Thanks for having me.